Act One of Twelfth Night by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Twelfth Night by William Shakespeare. Cast of Characters Duke Orsino, read by Algy Pug. Curio, read by Charlotte Duckett. Valentine, read by Nathaniel W. C. Higgins. Viola, read by Elizabeth Clatt. A Sea Captain, read by Alan Matchstone. Sir Toby Belch, read by Bruce Peary. Maria, read by Amanda Friday. Sir Andrew Aguecheek, read by M. B. Clown, read by Chris Marcellus. Olivia, read by Ariel Lipshaw. Malvolio, read by Timothy Ferguson. Antonio. Read by Ernst Patinama. Sebastian. Read by Capricia Page. Fabian. Read by Alison Walker Elders. Servant. Priest. Read by Grace Garrett. First Officer. Read by Charlotte Duckett. The Second Officer. Read by Nathaniel W.C. Higgins. Narrator. Read by Tiffany Halla Colonna. Act One. Scene One. Duke Orsino's Palace. Enter Duke Orsino, Curio, and other lords. Musicians attending. If music be the food of love, play on. Give me excess of it, that, surfeiting, the appetite may sicken and so die. That strain again. It had a dying fall. Oh! It came o'er my ear like the sweet sound that breathes upon a bank of violets, stealing and giving odour. Enough, no more. Tis not so sweet now as it was before. Oh, spirit of love, how quick and fresh art thou, that, notwithstanding thy capacity, receiveth as the sea, naught enters there. Of what validity and pitch soe'er, But falls into abatement and low price, Even in a minute. So full of shapes is fancy, That it alone is high fantastical. Will you go hunt, my lord? What, curio? The hat. Why, so I do, the noblest that I have. Oh, when mine eyes did see Olivia first, Methought she purged the air of pestilence. That instant was I turned into a heart, And my desires, like fell and cruel hounds, Ere since pursue me. Enter Valentine. How now? What news from her? So please, my lord, I might not be admitted, But from her handmaid do return this answer. The element itself, till seven years' heat, Shall not behold her face at ample view. But like a cloister she will veil it walk, And water once a day her chamber round With eye-offending brine, All this to season a brother's dead love, Which she would keep fresh and lasting In her sad remembrance. Oh, she that hath a heart of that fine frame To pay this debt of love but to a brother, How will she love when the rich golden shaft Hath killed the flock of all affections else That live in her, when liver, brain, and heart these sovereign thrones are all supplied and filled. Her sweet perfections, with one self king, 
away before me to sweet beds of flowers love thoughts lie rich when canopied with bowers exeunt scene two the sea coast enter viola a captain and sailors what country friends is this this is illyria lady and what should i do in illyria my brother he is in elysium perchance he is not drowned what think you sailors it is perchance that you yourself were saved oh my poor brother and so perchance may he be true madam and to comfort you with chance assure yourself after our ship did split when you and those poor numbers saved with you hung on our driving boat i saw your brother most provident in peril bind himself courage and hope both teaching him the practice to a strong mast that lived upon the sea where like orion on the dolphin's back i saw him hold acquaintance with the waves so long as i could see for saying so there's gold mine own escape unfoldeth to my hope whereto thy speech serves for authority the like of him knowest thou this country ay madam well for i was bred and born not three hours travel from this very place who governs here a noble duke in nature as in name what is his name orsino orsino i have heard my father name him he was a bachelor then and so is now or was so very late for but a month ago i went from hence and then twas fresh in murmur as you know what great ones do the less will prattle of that he did seek the love of fair olivia what's she a virtuous maid the daughter of a count that died some twelve months since then leaving her in the protection of his son her brother who shortly also died for whose dear love they say she hath abjured the company and sight of men oh that i served that lady and might not be delivered to the world till i had made mine own occasion mellow what my estate is that were hard to compass because she will admit no kind of suit no not the duke's there is a fair behaviour in thee captain and though that nature with a beauteous wall doth oft close in pollution yet of thee i will believe thou hast a mind that suits with this thy fair and outward character i prithee and i'll pay thee bounteously conceal me what i am and be my aid for such disguise as haply shall become the form of my intent i'll serve this duke thou shalt present me as an eunuch to him it may be worth thy pains for i can sing and speak to him in many sorts of music that will allow me very worth his service what else may hap to time i will commit only shape thou thy silence to my wit be you his eunuch and your mute i'll be when my tongue blabs then let mine eyes not see i thank thee lead me on exeunt scene three olivia's house enter sir toby belch and maria what a plague means my niece to take the death of her brother thus i am sure cares an enemy to life by my troth sir toby you must come in earlier o nights your cousin my lady takes great exceptions to your ill hours why let her accept before accepted 
Ay, but you must confine yourself within the modest limits of order. Confine? I'll confine myself no finer than I am. These clothes are good enough to drink in, and so be these boots, too. And they be not, let them hang themselves in their own straps. That quaffing and drinking will undo you. I heard my lady talk of it yesterday, and of a foolish knight that you brought in one night here to be her wooer. Who, Sir Andrew Aguecheek? I, he. He's as tall a man as any's in Illyria. What's that to the purpose? Why, he has three thousand ducats a year. Ay, but he'll have but a year in all these ducats. He's a very fool and a prodigal. Fie that you'll say so. He plays with the viola gamboys and speaks three or four languages, word for word, without book, and hath all the good gifts of nature. He hath indeed, almost natural. For besides that, he's a fool, he's a great quarreller, and but that he hath the gift of a coward to allay the gust he hath in quarrelling, tis thought among the prudent he would quickly have the gift of a grave. By this hand they are scoundrels and subtractors that say so of him. Who are they? They that add, moreover, he's drunk nightly in your company. With drinking health to my niece, I'll drink to her as long as there is a passage in my throat and drink in Illyria. He's a coward and a coistrel that will not drink to my niece till his brains turn of the toe like a parish top. What wench, Castiliano Volgo, for here comes Sir Andrew Aguface. Enter Sir Andrew. Sir Toby Belch, how now, Sir Toby Belch? Sweet Sir Andrew. Bless you, fair shrew. And you too, sir. A cost, Sir Andrew, a cost. Was that? My niece's chambermaid. Oh, good mistress, a cost I desire better acquaintance. My name is Mary, sir. Good mistress Mary, a cost. You mistake, knight. A cost is front her, board her, woo her, assail her. By my troth, I would not undertake her in this company. Is that the meaning of a cost? Fare you well, gentlemen. And now let part so, Sir Andrew, would thou mightst never draw sword again. And you part so, mistress, I would I might never draw sword again. Fair lady, do you think you are fools in hand? Sir, I have not you by the hand. Marry, but you shall have. And here's my hand. Now, sir, thought is free. I pray you, bring your hand to the buttery bar and let it drink. Wherefore, sweetheart? What's your m metaphor? It's dry, sir. Why, I, I think so. But I'm not such an ass but I can keep my hand dry. But what's your jest? A dry jest, sir. Are you full of them? Ay, sir, I have them at my fingers' ends. Mary, now I let go your hand. I am barren. Exit. O oh, knight, thou lackst a cup of canary. When did I see thee so put down? Never in your life, I think, unless you see canary put me down. Methinks sometimes I have no more wit than a Christian or an ordinary man has, but I am a great eater of beef, and I believe it does harm to my wit. No question. And I thought that I'd forswear it. I'll ride home to-morrow, Sir Toby. Pourquoi, my dear knight? What is pourquoi? Do or not do, I would I had bestowed that time in the tongues that I have in fencing, dancing, and bear-baiting. Oh, had I but followed the arts! Then hadst thou had an excellent head of hair. Why, would that have mended my hair? Pass question, for thou seest it will not curl by nature. 
but it becomes me well enough to snot excellent it hangs like flax on a distaff and i hope to see a housewife take thee between her legs and spin it off faith i'll home to-morrow sir toby your niece will not be seen or if she be it's four to one she'll none of me the count himself here hard by woos her she'll none of the count she'll not match above her degree neither in estate years nor wit i have heard her swear it tut there's life in it man oh, i'll stay a month longer i am a fellow of the strangest mind in the world i delight in masks and revels sometimes altogether art thou good at these kickshaws's knight as any man in illyria whatsoever he be under the degree of my betters and yet i will not compare with an old man what is thy excellence in a galliard knight faith i can cut a caper and i can cut the mutton to it and i think i have the back trick simply as strong as any man in illyria wherefore are these things hid wherefore have these gifts a curtain before em are they like to take dust like mr small's picture why dost thou not go to church in a galliard and come home in a coranto my very walk should be a jig i would not so much as make water but in a syncopace what dost thou mean is it a world to hide virtues in i did think by the excellent constitution of thy leg it was formed under the star of a galliard or i tis strong and it does indifferent well in a flame-coloured stock shall we set about some revels what shall we do else were we not born under taurus taurus that sides and heart no sir it is legs and thighs let me see the caper ha higher <laughs> excellent exeunt scene four duke orsino's palace enter valentine and viola in man's attire if the duke continue these favours towards you cesario you are like to be much advanced he hath known you but three days and already you are no stranger you either fear his humour or my negligence that you call in question the continuance of his love is he inconstant sir in his favours no believe me i thank you here comes the count enter duke orsino curio and attendants who saw cesario who on your attendance my lord here stand you a while aloof cesario thou knowest no less but all i have unclasped to thee the book even of my secret soul therefore good youth address thy gate unto her be not denied access stand at her doors and tell them there thy fixed foot shall grow till thou have audience sure my noble lord if she be so abandoned to her sorrow as it is spoke she never will admit me be clamorous and leap all civil bounds rather than make unprofited return say i do speak with her my lord what then oh then unfold the passion of my love surprise her with discourse of my dear faith it shall become thee well to act my woes she will attend it better in thy youth than in annuncios of more grave aspect i think not so my lord dear lad believe it for they shall yet belie thy happy years that say thou art a man 
Diana's lip is not more smooth and rubious. Thy small pipe is as the maiden's organ, shrill and sound, and all that is semblative a woman's part. I know thy constellation is right apt for this affair. Some four or five attend him, all if you will, for I myself am best when least in company. Prosper well in this, and thou shalt live as freely as thy lord to call his fortunes thine. I'll do my best to woo your lady. Aside. Yet a barful strife. Whoe'er I woo, myself would be his wife. Exeunt. Scene five. Olivia's house. Enter Maria and Clown. Nay, either tell me where thou hast been, or I will not open my lips so wide as a bristle may enter in way of thy excuse. My lady will hang thee for thy absence. Let her hang me. He that is well hanged in this world needs to fear no colours. Make that good. He shall see none to fear. A good Lenten answer. I can tell thee where that saying was born, of I fear no colours. Where, good Mistress Mary? In the wars, and that may you be bold to say in your foolery. Well, God give them wisdom that have it, and those that are fools let them use their talents. Yet you will be hanged for being so long absent, or to be turned away. Is not that as good as a hanging to you? Many a good hanging prevents a bad marriage, and as for turning away, let summer bear it out. You are resolute, then? Not so, neither. But I am resolved on two points. That if one break, the other will hold, or, if both break, your Gaskins fall. <sighs> apt in good faith, very apt. Well, go thy way. If Sir Toby would leave drinking, thou wert as witty a piece of Eve's flesh as any in Illyria. Peace, you rogue, no more of that. Here comes my lady. Make your excuse wisely. You were best. Exit. Would ent be thy will put me in good fooling? Those wits that think they have thee do oft prove fools, and I, that am sure I lack thee, may pass for a wise man. For what says Quinopolis? Better a witty fool than a foolish wit. Enter Olivia with Malvolio. Go bless thee, lady. Take the fool away. Do you not hear, fellows? Take away the lady. Go to. You're a dry fool. I'll know more of you. Besides, you grow dishonest. Two faults, Madonna, that drink and good counsel will amend. Forgive the dry fool drink, then is the fool not dry. Bid the dishonest man mend himself. If he mend, he is no longer dishonest. If he cannot, let the botcher mend him. Anything that's mended is but patched. Virtue that transgresses is but patched with sin, and sin that amends is but patched with virtue. If that the simple syllogism will serve, so, if it will not, what remedy? As there is no true cuckold but calamity, so beauty's a flower. The lady bade take away the fool, therefore I say again, take her away. Sir, I bade them take away you. Miss Prison in the highest degree. Lady, cuculus non faci monachum, that is as much to say as I were not motley in my brain. Good Madonna, give me leave to prove you a fool. Can you do it? Dexterously, good Madonna. Make your proof. I must catechize you for it, Madonna. Good my mouse of virtue, answer me. Well, sir, for want of other idleness, I'll bide your proof. Good Madonna, why mournest thou? Good fool, for my brother's death. I think his soul is in hell, Madonna. I know his soul is in heaven, fool. The more fool, Madonna, to mourn your brother's soul for being in heaven. Take away the fool, gentlemen. What think you of this fool, Malvolio? Doth he not mend? Yes, and shall do, till the pangs of death shake him. 
infirmity that decays the wise doth ever make the better fool. God send you, sir, a speedy infirmity, for the better increase your folly. Sir Toby would be sworn that I am no fox, but he will not pass his word for two pence that you are no fool. How say you to that, Malvolio? I marvel your ladyship takes delight in such a barren rascal. I saw him put down the other day with an ordinary fool that has no more brain than a stone. Look you now, he's out of his guard already. Unless you laugh and minister occasion to him, he is gagged. I protest, I take these wise men, that crow so at these set kind of fools, no better than the fool's zanies. Oh, you are sick of self-love, Malvolio, and taste with a distempered appetite. To be generous, guiltless, and of free disposition is to take those things for bird-bolts that you deem cannon-bullets. There is no slander in an allowed fool, though he do nothing but rail, nor no railing in a known discreet man, though he do nothing but reprove. Now, Mercury, endure thee with leasing, for thou speakest well of fools. Re-enter Mariah. Madam, there is at the gate a young gentleman, much desires to speak with you. From the Count Orsino, is it? I know not, madam. "'Tis a fair young man, and well attended. "'Who of my people hold him in delay?' "'Sir Toby, madam, your kinsman.' "'Fetch him off, I pray you. "'He speaks nothing but madman. "'Fie on him!' "'Exit, Maria. "'Go you, Malvolio. "'If it be a suit from the Count, I am sick, or not at home. "'What you will to dismiss it.' "'Exit, Malvolio. "'Now you see, sir, how your fooling grows old, "'and people dislike it.' Thou hast spoke for us, Madonna, as if thy eldest son should be a fool, who skull Jove cram with brains, for here he comes, one of thy kin has a most weak piemater. Enter Sir Toby Belch. By mine honour, half drunk. What is he at the gate, cousin? A gentleman. A gentleman? What gentleman? Tis a gentleman here. <sighs> a plague of these pickle herring. How now, sought? Good Sir Toby. Cousin, cousin, how have you come so early by this lethargy? Lechery, I defy lechery. There's one at the gate. Ay, Mary, what is he? Let him be the devil and he will, I care not. Give me faith, say I. Well, it's all one. Exit. <sighs> What's a drunken man like, fool? Like a drowned man, a fool and a madman. One drought above heat makes him a fool, the second mads him, and the third drowns him. Go thou, and seek the crowner, and let him sit on my cause, for he's in the third degree of drink. He's drowned. Go, look after him. He is but mad yet, Madonna, and the fool shall look to the madman. Exit. Re-enter Malvolio. Madam, yon young fellow swears he will speak with you. I told him you were sick. He takes on him to understand so much, and therefore comes to speak with you. I told him you were asleep. He seems to have a foreknowledge of that too, and therefore comes to speak with you. What is to be said to him, lady? He is fortified against any denial. Tell him he shall not speak with me. Has been told so, and he says he'll stand at your door like a sheriff's post, and be the supporter to a bench, but he'll speak with you. What kind of man is he? Why, of mankind. What manner of man? Of very ill manner. He'll speak with you, will you or no. Of what personage and years is he? Not yet old enough for a man, nor young enough for a boy. 
as a squash is before tis a peas corridora, cooling when tis almost an apple, tis with him in standing water between boy and man. He is very well favoured, and he speaks very shrewishly. One would think his mother's milk was scarce out of him. Let him approach. Call in my gentlewoman. Gentlewoman, my lady calls. Exit. Re-enter Mariah. Give me my veil. Come, throw it o'er my face. We'll once more hear Orsino's embassy. Enter Viola and attendants. The honourable lady of the house. Which is she? Speak to me. I shall answer for her. Your will? Most radiant, exquisite, and unmatchable beauty. I pray you, tell me if this be the lady of the house, for I never saw her. I would be loath to cast away my speech. For besides that it is excellently well penned, I have taken great pains to con it. Good beauties, let me sustain no scorn. I am very comptable, even to the least sinister usage. Whence came you, sir? I can say little more than I have studied, and that question's out of my part. Good gentle one, give me modest assurance if you be the lady of the house that I may proceed in my speech. Are you a comedian? No, my profound heart. And yet, by the very fangs of malice, I swear I am not that I play. Are you the lady of the house? If I do not usurp myself, I am. Most certain, if you are she, you do usurp yourself. For what is yours to bestow is not yours to reserve. But this is from my commission. I will on with my speech in your praise, and then show you the heart of my message. Come to what is important, Int. I forgive you the praise. Alas, I took great pains to study it, and tis poetical. It is the more like to be feigned. I pray you keep it in. I heard you were saucy at my gates, and allowed your approach rather to wonder at you than to hear you. If you be not mad, be gone. If you have reason, be brief. Tis not that time of moon with me to make one in so skipping a dialogue. Will you hoist sail, sir? Here lies your way. No, good swabber, I am to hull here a little longer. Some mollification for your giant, sweet lady. Tell me your mind, I am a messenger. Sure you have some hideous matter to deliver when the courtesy of it is so fearful. Speak your office. It alone concerns your ear. I bring no overture of war, no taxation of homage. I hold the olive in my hand. My words are as full of peace as matter. Yet you began rudely. What are you? What would you? The rudeness that hath appeared in me have I learned from my entertainment. What I am, and what I would, are as secret as maidenhead. To your ears divinity, to any others profanation. Give us the place alone. We will hear this divinity. Exeunt, Mariah, and attendants. Now, sir, what is your text? Most sweet lady. A comfortable doctrine, and much may be said of it. Where lies your text? In Orsino's bosom. In his bosom? In what chapter of his bosom? To answer by the method in the first of his heart. Oh, I have read it. It is heresy. Have you no more to say? Good, madam. Let me see your face. Have you any commission from your lord to negotiate with my face? You are now out of your text. 
But we will draw the curtain and show you the picture. Look you, sir. Such a one I was this present. Is't not well done? Unveiling. Excellently done. If God did all. Tis in grain, sir. Twill endure wind and weather. Tis beauty truly blent, Whose red and white nature's own sweet and cunning hand laid on. Lady, you are the cruellest she alive, If you will lead these graces to the grave, And leave the world no copy. Oh, sir, I will not be so hard-hearted. I will give out diverse schedules of my beauty. It shall be inventoried, and every particle and utensil Labelled to my will, as item, two lips, indifferent red, Item, two grey eyes with lids to them, Item, one neck, one chin, and so forth. Were you sent hither to praise me? I see you what you are. You are too proud. But if you were the devil, you are fair. My lord and master loves you. Oh, such love could be but recompensed, Though you were crowned the nonpareil of beauty. How does he love me? With adorations, fertile tears, With groans that thunder love, with sighs of fire. Your lord does know my mind. I cannot love him. Yet I suppose him virtuous, know him noble, Of great estate, of fresh and stainless youth, In voices well divulged, free, learned, and valiant, And in dimension and the shape of nature a gracious person, but yet I cannot love him. He might have took his answer long ago. If I did love you in my master's flame, With such a suffering, such a deadly life, In your denial I would find no sense, I would not understand it. Why, what would you? Make me a willow cabin at your gate, And call upon my soul within the house. Write loyal cantons of contemned love, And sing them loud, even in the dead of night. Halloo your name to the reverberate hills, And make the babbling gossip of the air cry out, Olivia! Oh, you should not rest between the elements of air and earth, But you should pity me. You might do much. What is your parentage? Above my fortunes, yet my state is well. I am a gentleman. Get you to your lord. I cannot love him. Let him send no more. Unless, perchance, you come to me again, to tell me how he takes it. Fare you well. I thank you for your pains. Spend this for me. I am no feed-post, lady. Keep your purse. My master, not myself, lacks recompense. Love make his heart a flint that you shall love, And let your fervour like my master's be placed in contempt. Farewell, fair cruelty. Exit. What is your parentage? Above my fortunes, yet my state is well, I am a gentleman. I'll be sworn thou art. Thy tongue, thy face, thy limbs, actions, and spirit Do give thee five-fold blazon. Not too fast, soft, soft. Unless the master were the man. How now? Even so quickly may one catch the plague? 
Methinks I feel this youth's perfections with an invisible and subtle stealth to creep in at mine eyes. Well, let it be. What ho, Malvolio! Re-enter Malvolio. Here, madam, at your service. Run after that same peevish messenger, the county's man. He left this ring behind him, would I or not? Tell him I'll none of it. Desire him not to flatter with his lord, nor hold him up with hopes. I am not for him. If that the youth will come this way to-morrow, I'll give him reasons for it. Hi thee, Malvolio. Madam, I will. Exit. I do I know not what, and fear to find mine eye too great a flatterer for my mind. Fate, show thy force. Ourselves we do not owe. What is decreed must be. And be this so. Exit. End of Act One